You're listening to the Infatuation Podcast, where we get together to talk about Asian things that we love. This is Julia, and on today's episode, we will be continuing to discuss the differences between growing up as an Asian Australian versus being an Asian American. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode number 17, part 2, and we're just doing a little departure from what we normally do, but this episode and last episode, we're just talking about life as an Asian Aussie or as an Asian American, and we're joined again by our friends from Down Under, Roxanne and Julia. Welcome back, ladies. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so good to have you here. Happy to be back. So uh, they host a podcast called The Asian Soup Podcast. Hopefully you all gave them a listen. And we're also rejoined by one of my co-hosts from before, Mandy. Welcome back, Mandy. Thank you for having me. So glad you're here. And our brand new intern, I don't know if we have, she's more like the executive producer, but we have my high school student, we have Madison. Hey, Maddie. Hello. Welcome back, everyone. All right. Are you ready for another game? We're going to start with another game. And this is kind of going along with the theme of how are we similar. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a statement and then you get to just say, I'll, I'll, I'll read the statement and then I'll just kind of go one, two, and then you say yes or you say no, all right, if you agree with this statement or not. We're going to see, I, I think what came out last week from what I gathered, I think I feel like we have more in common than we have difference. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys feel that way? Did you feel mm-hmm. that way yeah. last episode? Definitely. Yeah. So this may just turn into how Asian Australians and how Asian Americans are the same people, but we'll see. Okay, so I'm going to read the statement, and you're going to say, I'll, I'll just go one, two, three, and then you guys say yes or no, all right? Ready? Uh, did you have to go to an Asian language school when you were younger? One, two. Yes. No. Yes. Oh. So everyone's yes except, Maddie, you're yes too? Oh, wow. Uh-huh. So I'm the only one. I'm the only <laughs> one. All right. Well, that's four out of five of us. All right. Ready for this one? This is controversial. All right. Are you good at math? All right. Ready? One, two, three. No. Oh. oh, okay. Only one person. Hey, <laughs> Roxanne's good at math. All right. So we are breaking stereotypes, everyone. We. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, my daughter is good at math, though, so that's good. I feel like you would be good at math. I was good up to like, I was good up to algebra because you're a teacher. Well, that's why I did biology, though, Maddie, instead of chemistry or physics. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't good at the maths. All right. Um, this is kind of a weird one. See if you, so if you're going into a room where you're not the majority, all right? Do you make a mental count? Of how many Asians are in the room, right? Uh, just a, not a, not a numerical count, but just kind of a a scan of the room. Like maybe you're at a club, or maybe not like a nightclub, but like a a college club, or maybe you're at a meeting. Do you make a mental count of how many Asians are in the room? Are you ready? One, two, three. Yes. yes. Oh, really? Okay, we all do. I guess it's, I thought that would be something that we all do. You kind of survey the room. Like if you're at a gym and you're working out, you kind of like, hey, let's see who's in here. <laughs> All right, let's see if this one is true. 
Um, is Mulan your favorite Disney princess? All right, ready? One, two, three. No. Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm surprised. Oh, man. Yeah, so me and Maddie, yes. No, I said no. Oh, you I said, said yes. no. So me and Mandy, yes. Julia, who's your favorite princess? You have a favorite I don't princess? really have one. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So. If I had to pick one, it would be Mulan. Yeah, okay. same here. Roxy, yeah. got a, you have a princess? Um, I think I would pick Snow White because she had black oh. hair. I thought she was kind of Asian. <laughs> <laughs> and I always watched Snow White. I love the seven doors. I think they were funny. But it's yeah, unrelated to... <laughs> Like what she actually did. She didn't really do much. She just ate a poisonous apple. <laughs> yeah, she's, she is. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I, you know, I actually thought she was Asian too with the black hair. All right. This is one. Uh, this may be, this may be too personal. This may, this may hit you in the feels. Have you ever heard the words, I love you from your parents in any language? Are you ready? One, two, three. Yeah. Yes. yes. Really? Does so the who's text the yes? count? Manny was a yes. Text? No, text doesn't count. I don't think it's too easy. <laughs> so Maddie was a yes. Everyone else is a no. I was a yes. Oh, yeah. okay. I think my mom's pretty affectionate. Uh, Not from dad so much, but... um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah even even my Americanized parents did not really... So, I mean, they, they you know, they cook for you. Yeah. They provide Different for you. Different love language, care. I think. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That was just for fun. So I, I think we have a lot in common. I, I think, again, there's stereotypes in there. So don't come at us <laughs> with the stereotypes. <laughs> but uh, just for fun. Yeah, I think I think we, we've established that diaspora, those of us who are all over the world, have things in common for sure just because of our parents. Even several generations down the road, these things get passed on, right? Cool. What what is the vibe like in what what do most people do like in Bay Area? Most people out here work in either technology or um, big companies. You know, we have all the the Googles, the Apples, the Twitters out here. Uh, what what's the scene like in in Sydney? What do most people do for a living out there? Is there one industry that's bigger than others? This is a good question. Like I, I feel like uh, yeah, San Fran is really known for the tech side and like just very it's so unique in the whole world that you're known for that um in terms of sydney i don't really see like a particular strong industry that really stands out like that um so but i know that there's a lot of different industries like i was in the fashion industry and now i'm in, now i'm in telco um but the food scene is definitely really um big um in sydney i feel um yeah what do you reckon there's a few tech firms like growing as well here yeah so I guess we'll we're based really speaking from our experience yeah. as um Asian Aussies um and what what people around us do but like around us there's a lot of people working in banks or um like some lawyers and school teachers like it's very similar um but I think everything's like on a smaller scale we do have like a growing, growing tech scene in Australia. I know like even the Australian government, they really want to push to have like a 
you know, at the Silicon Valley sort of thing in Sydney mm. as well. So they are pushing mm. tech because, you know, it's really great for job opportunities and um, there is potential here because it's, I think it's a bit cheaper as well, like um, to set up like a company here. Um, yeah, I actually, um, this is a, I think this is one of the questions later, but I actually work in tech. So I, I'm always like keeping a close eye out for like different companies. And I can see that lots of, there are lots of like, startups um but i'm so in it so i can see it but um yeah. yeah i definitely see like a little boom happening in sydney as well around tech and then um speaking of shang chi i think there's a mini like film industry here growing because uh-huh, a lot of uh-huh. there's some like you know u.s films that get filmed and produced here so there's a little bit of that as well maybe yeah so, that's right they yeah. did film it They've filmed a lot of it, the special effects over there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. So let's go transition. Well, since we were talking a little bit about uh, the similarities last week, I wonder if we can come up with any differences between growing up here in America and growing up in Australia as an Asian, this this may be hard. This may be hard for us because we're in the city, so it's kind of a little different. But um, what do you think? Do you think when people see you, do they think of you as an Australian, or are they always going to kind of see you as an Asian first and then an Australian second? Interesting, because that question is more like what I think they think of me. And (laughs) I think it really depends on where I am. So when I feel like I am, you know, when I'm doing that mental count of how many Asians there are in those sort of moments, I'll probably be like, oh, they know I'm an Asian. Whereas some other times, like, I feel like I completely blend in and they see me as just another person. Mm -hmm. Something that I've sort of noticed recently is that when I'm surrounded by lots of other people from other places, so, for example, when I worked in my agency, there were so many people from like England and um, from Europe and all these like mixed races. And when I was sort of in that environment, I really felt like, oh, because everyone's not from here, there was yeah. more, it, was, it just did feel comfortable. There was something really comforting about that. Um, so, yeah, it really depends on which situation, uh, which, yeah, which situation I'm in and what I'm feeling that day as well. Am I feeling like a little bit more insecure or am I feeling really confident today? Like I just watched Parasite, so I feel really like G'd up or something. It really depends. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Mandy? Do you think people see you, like if you're in Sacramento or something, do they see you as an American or do they see you? I I think it does depend on like who I'm with. Um, but I, I do think that because, you know, it's, it's what you see first. I think I, I come off as, I think they see me as Asian first, American second, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Funny story. When I was in, um, when I was in Shanghai, we were going to a, a disco, well, it was a nightclub, right? <laughs> and they had a um, foreigners for free night. So if you were a foreigner or an expat, you can get in for free. And I was like, oh man, I don't, you know, I, I don't have my, I didn't bring my passport with me or anything. And they were like, don't worry, they'll know. <laughs> you <laughs> oh know, like God. when, when you walk through the door, right, it's a Chinese nightclub, but they're, they're like, don't worry, they'll know you're American just by looking at you. And I was like, really? 
but I guess it was kind of like I always thought I looked really Chinesey, but they're like in you know in China you look really American. But I I didn't really get that until that moment where I was like, oh, I guess I am American in their eyes, <laughs> more so. Roxanne, did people could they recognize you or could you blend in invisibly in Hong Kong? I think uh, yeah, that's interesting. I think like walking down the street, you can blend in. But then when you're in a workplace or if you're in a situation where you're socializing or you'll talk to people or even when I just start speaking or if I even if I'm getting my nails done and I'm talking to them, they're like, oh, you're like not from here. Um, Or they I think the dress sense or the way we speak is definitely different. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, Like as soon as you talk, they'll know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even after five years, even after four or five years. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought my canto got better, um, but <laughs> definitely, like my friends and stuff, there's some expressions that I am not like. Mm. You know, the slang and the way they mm. express um, themselves. Yeah. It's definitely on another level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there a? Is there a? Do you guys know the term model minority? Do they use that in Australia at all? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it started in America, but I'm sure it's probably true in other places too. Whereas basically, like, oh, Asians will do well in school. They won't cause trouble. You know, they'll work hard. You can kind of, the Asian women will be more submissive or, you know, there's kind of like this view of Asians as being passive or submissive or sometimes positives, you know, there's positive, like, oh yeah, they'll be good at math or they'll be, you know, they'll work hard or they won't cause any trouble in your classroom. Do you feel like that was something that you had to kind of get used to in Australia or just accept or, or fight against? Is that, is that a thing that's happening in Australia in all operations? I feel like it's something that's happened um, without us knowing. And I feel like it's only recently been more like, brought to the light more for us to reflect on and talk about, especially with things that were happening in America, like really recently, Um, the model minority and representation in media and film and everything like that, even in the workplace. So, you know, you have like, okay, you know, women in the workplace, and then you also have the, the Asian Asians in the workplace and being in more positions of, you know, management or things like that. It's like the more that it's, spoken about and shared or discussed like we are now the more I feel like I learned that wow I was in I was in that model minority let's just try to fit in like bring normal lunch to school like everyone had kind of had that experience um Mm -hmm. you know and it's really interesting like I feel like it's definitely true but we don't notice it until I haven't noticed it until recently um, and reflect on it more yeah. and chat on it, about it more. Yeah. 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 How, about, how about you? How about you, Maddie? Do you, do you have any thoughts on being a model minority or not? Being uh, model? Well, I don't know. I, I don't like it because I think that it holds Asian people to an impossible standard so it's like really exhausting Mm -hmm. and also I don't know I just feel like because people think that Asians are the model minority they sort of use that to weaponize other minority Mm -hmm. groups and I just I just don't think that's fair Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So it's a very tricky thing. Yeah. That and like, you know, when you don't fit into, you know, that mold or however they cast uh-huh. you out to be, it's like, oh, it's because you're lazy. You know, that's why, exactly. that's why you're not, you know, that's why you're struggling. Um, yeah. And like in, in reality, it's like you could be struggling for a variety of reasons, but you know, that gets overlooked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you're applying for scholarships or, you know, even just plain old admission to different colleges, that was kind of one of the things about that movie, Try Harder, we were talking about is how a lot of the prestigious colleges or universities here in America, you know, they kind of look at the Asian applicant with a little bit of disdain where it's like, well, they have great test scores and great grades, but they don't have any personality or they don't have, you know, something different about them. And for scholarships, they will blatantly say, you know, we're looking for people of color, not Asian. You know, they'll just say, we don't want we don't want whites to apply, and we don't want Asians to apply, and and that's super unfair for the kid who is an immigrant or totally underrepresented group like Cambodian or Hmong, you know, or, or there's groups that are clearly underrepresented in colleges, and yet they don't get the same advantages because they're lumped into this group of being an Asian. I feel like Asians are in this like weird in between where we're like we have experiences of racism and like prejudice and stuff, but at the same time, we're also seen as like the white adjacent. And so it's like, I don't know, like where do we fit in? Yeah. Yeah. There's sometimes we're minorities or people of color, and sometimes we're not. <laughs> so exactly. Like, what am I? Yeah. It's tricky. Um, I also think too, like when we talk about Asians, like are like are we specifically talking about East Asians? Are we also talking about South Asians, Southeast Asians? Um, it's just yeah. we're we're a big group, and I feel like we all have different stories. Um, even within like you know the Chinese community, we all have different experiences, um, and that could lead to like you know different outcomes. And yeah, yeah. I actually got a, a note from someone, uh, and I know him, but, you know, we were talking about food or we we're talking about Asian things on this podcast. And he was like, hey, well, come you never talk about East Asian, I mean, sorry, uh, South Asian or Afghanistan, Central Asian, you know, Uzbekistan, like, um, and yeah, it made me think like, oh, am I, am I catering to East Asian, Korean, Japanese, Chinese, you know, is that kind of you know, we don't talk about Indonesians that often. We don't talk about, you know, Filipino or Pakistan. You know, there's a lot of issues that we don't address on this podcast, but we call ourselves the Infatuation Podcast. And so I have to be aware of that sometimes that I, I am even guilty of lumping lumping Asians together. Um, any other thoughts on that or we can move on? I mean, I can talk about it for days, but I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, let's talk. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, university. Uh, and Maddie, you can prepare yourself for university <laughs> a little bit. Uh, when you went to, so did you guys stay in Sydney for university, or did you travel a little out of town for college? Um. So in Sydney, it's really quite different to the like college experience in America. Um. Well, this is just from what I see in the American movies and the dramas. But yeah, mostly like people in Sydney, we only have like a few, like a handful of universities that we 
go to unless you choose to go overseas. Um, and I'll say like, they're all in Sydney. So most of the time, if you're living in Sydney and you wanna go to a university here, you'll just stay here. And you know, you could actually just live at home and yeah. um, go to university. That's probably, that was like the common sort of setup for most of my friends, unless, you know, my, my friend from Sydney went to Melbourne or like Newcastle or somewhere different, like Brisbane or somewhere like that to study. Um, in, you know, if it's outside those like special cases, most of them just stayed here. Yeah. Is, so you don't really need to go out of town. No. Is, um, yeah. is it free or is it like subsidized? Mm, um, I think that's a very big difference to like Australia, between Australia and American, like the university experience. So here in Australia, we have a thing called HEX. So, um, you know, is it SATs? When you guys do SATs, you get your mark. And if you hit a certain mark, um, you can use that mark to apply for your, the degree that you want to do. And HEX is, um, it's like a loan from the government with very, 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 very low interest, mm. basically nothing. And yeah, so you can pay and you pay the HEX off once you're working and you pass a certain, certain threshold. I think it helped. Do you know what the threshold is? Yeah, I think it's like uh, 60 or 70K a year. And then they'll take um, like each paycheck, they'll take a few percent out to pay off your HEX loan and then um, you'll slowly pay it off or you can make voluntary payments while you're at uni and pay it off. Um, So the pressure is definitely different. Like it's, I wouldn't say easy, but like you have the opportunity to go to uni and and we don't have... Because when I um, I went to uni in France for a year and there was differences, right? Like there's public universities in France and then there's the Grand Ecoles, which is like, like your Harvard or something, like the private, um, more, you know, prestigious um, universities. Whereas in Australia, all universities, there's like a lot of universities, but they're not, um, you can get hex for all of them. You don't need to put in extra money or something like that. Like you're all judged from your year 12, like you said, the exam. And I want to add that that exam score does not mean much. It like it, it, it means a lot, but like it depends on your course um, and the supply demand of your course. So my first course was fashion and you would think that you don't need like a 99 for fashion, okay? But because the course at that uni, there were only like 40 spots in the whole like state, that that score was really high. Like the same oh, wow. score as someone who wanted to be a lawyer who would probably need more <laughs> brains than me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it just never made sense to my mom. And she was like, what the hell? Why are you studying fashion with a, such a high score? Um yeah, it was just doesn't make sense sometimes. So it depends on what courses are available and um, how many spots there are or which uni you're at or, yeah. Hmm. That sounds pretty good. Uh, I, you know, our system is a lot of kids are getting into huge debt just to go to college. And sometimes it doesn't, it takes years, you know, half a lifetime to pay it off. So that sounds like a great system. Do you, uh, It probably has to do with your taxes and paying a little more on your taxes, but... Um, sounds good to me, though. Mm-hmm. Did your did your parents like your choices, or did they have any influence on the field of study that you had? 
Mm. No, not for me at least. My parents are very relaxed and they've never pushed me to study law or anything like that. Um, They basically said, like, do whatever you want to do. (laughs) So I picked communications and, yeah, like I ended up, you know, my I guess my role right now is right like the role I have right now at work is using my degree which is quite good Um, but at the time I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do I just I think I picked that course because I edited a video during high school and I thought that was fun and I was like okay I'm gonna study film now (laughs) (laughs) yeah my my dad didn't mind what I wanted to do he was just always like you know do what makes you happy Um, it's up to you as long as you try hard but for my mom I think she, she wanted because she was in the fashion production side she was like don't do fashion please 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 do accounting <laughs> um like blah, blah blah like so for her it was always like do accounting and I I was about to and I I did these um cadetship interviews I don't know if you have them but it's like a graduate cadetship at say PwC or something and they kind of pay you like you kind of work for them when you graduate and they have a program while you're at uni so you have a better chance of um you know getting a job after you graduate but I didn't get in so I was like screw this I'm gonna do fashion and um yeah but uh it was a kind of I had to keep fighting that um until like recently (laughs) I feel like I didn't get like much pressure from my parents but I was feeling the pressure from my peers because Mm. everyone was studying commerce or accounting and everyone was aiming to get into one of the big four banks. I mean, not everyone, but, uh, you know, when we just graduated from high school, that was what was surrounding me. So I did feel like, ooh, did I pick the right thing? Um, There was a lot of uncertainty around around that. Mm -hmm. That was what that was not the cool thing, but that was a thing that everyone did. Mm. Yeah. yeah, around here, everyone wants to do computer science or or maybe the commerce side of of tech, but not everyone. <laughs> there's there's definitely others, but it it is a popular choice out here just because I think that's what they know. You know, growing up here, they see the big companies. Yeah, so. I think it was different for me when I was in high school and. Um, selecting my major I think my mom also she didn't really care she but she thought that business studying business was the more sensible choice um, um, instead of international studies but yeah she never like pushed me I actually selected business um, and then I saw like the math classes that I would have to take and I switched right away Oh man, how about socially in college? Uh, did you find yourself gravitating towards groups that had a, a large Asian population, or or did you does that matter to you at all when you were in college? I think I had that experience more in high school. So in primary school, that was when I had um, I felt like oh this is very white. Um, but in high school, that was when I because I went to a very Asian high school, so. Mm-hmm. My whole high school experience, I always felt like I was around my people mm. and I felt like very comfortable. We ate whatever lunches we wanted, talked about dramas and stuff like that. In a way, I was very <laughs> blessed. Um, so I never felt like I was the minority almost. I was just, yeah, I was just like, what? I guess I was part of the majority almost. 
Um, but in university, it was a very different experience. I felt like, um, yeah, I couldn't really find like my Asian like crew, I guess. Um, in the end, like I look back now and I did make really good friends, but we weren't really like a group. It was just more like individuals, I would say. Um, yeah. So I think um, it was more in high school. I felt that not so much in university. But I also do think that the American movies sort of skewed my perspective on what the university <laughs> yeah, life yeah. is going to be like. It was quite confusing because, sure. you know, like college is meant to be like you live in these dorms and all this stuff. And like, I don't know about New Rocks, but like being consuming American media and growing up, it confuses you a little bit, like reading yeah. the Babysitter's Club and stuff as a kid um, and reading about <laughs> Twinkies and stuff. And you're like, but it's not, you don't <laughs> living the experience. It's just like. And you're as a kid, you're like, what's what's real and what's not? Um, but yeah. you later when I realize that the Australian university experience is very different and you don't move cities um yeah. to go to university, you just stay in your own city, you still live with your parents. Um, yeah. I think that was a bit like, oh, it's really different. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The I feel like I missed out on the dorm life experience um of college. Yeah. Like, oh, college days, and I'm like, I'm just catching the train back to my parents' place, I guess <laughs> I could move out. And like, after you work a bit, you can move out. Um, but that's, you're still in Sydney. So it's like nothing different. Um, and then I feel like in high school, I, I had like two different high schools and the, my second one was more Asian. And then um, doing fashion design and international studies, there are quite a few Asians there. And, but in general, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't feel I was I think I was actually very naive back then because I remember someone asking me for their project in fashion about um, representation in models and um, just even whether it be like on the catwalk, like fashion shows or in fashion magazines and whether there's enough Asian representation. And this is kind of embarrassing that I'm sharing this, but like my stance I think I was like 18 or 19 at the time and I was like oh you know I guess that's just how it is because we're in Australia and it's white like am I like is it even like a request to have more representation I didn't even think that was hmm. like a pro like I didn't know that I could ask for that or it was a thing I was just grew up in it and I was like oh what do you mean you know Australia is white so we it's just every all the models are white that's it like I guess that's how things are you know there wasn't that um question or that conversation that we have today growing up and I, yeah. I just feel so I can't believe I like thought like that I don't know I feel like a completely different person now but I yeah I just feel like mm -hmm. oh my gosh how could I be so dumb back then um well, yeah things yeah. have changed I think things have changed uh, think, but also you were also it, like a kid too back then you know 18 yeah. yeah 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 so it's yeah, really yeah. it's really interesting and then like during my master's degree there were definitely more Asians because I was doing um commerce and there were a lot of like international students as well so yeah it was pretty multicultural yeah my my university back in the in when I was there in the early 90s was I went to a really really Asian high school and then when I went to university it wasn't as diverse as it is now that the college I went to UC Davis was uh right now is is heavily Asian but when I went there it was maybe 15 percent uh -huh. it was pretty low yeah 
And um, like, you know, growing up, I, I had a lot of Caucasian friends, a lot of white friends, a lot of mixed friends. But um, when I got to college, for some reason I felt, and I didn't totally seek it out, but I felt more comfortable uh, around Asian groups. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I guess it's just something about, maybe because the high school was so heavily Asian, I just felt comfortable. I felt like we connected, even though, you know, I wasn't super Asian um, in my upbringing at all. Um, funny story, though, I did take, so after I came back from Hong Kong, I, I went to Hong Kong in my junior year in college, my third year of college, and I came back and I was super um, into it, like I said, or I really wanted to know more about it. So I took Cantonese. Uh, my college offered Cantonese, and I was like, oh, the language of my people. So I took Cantonese and I got in there and I walked in. It was supposed to be beginning Cantonese, right? And everyone is yakking away in, in Cantonese when I get in there because everyone was from Hong Kong or from China. And they were, I was like, wait, is this beginning? Is this beginning Cantonese? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, why are you guys here? And they're like, oh, we want the easy A, right? Because they get an easy grade for it. And I was like the only one who didn't speak as a native and I struggled in that class. And luckily I had a couple, um, a couple partners who were native speakers. And so for our final project, we would have to do a conversation with the three of us. And so they would write it. My, my partners would help me out. They would write it and they would be talking to each other in Cantonese. And then they look at me and I would just say like, ho. <laughs> just say like the one word answer to to whatever they asked me. They just asked me a question, and I would just have the one word response to whatever they were saying, and that's how I passed my Cantonese class. But what was, does "ho" mean? Was, good. Uh, means like yes or good. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just the basic response when they, someone asks you a question, you say, "Ah, oh, that's good." Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, I had a little kind of a mixed experience in college. Um. So moving on to careers, uh, now, again, if, if listeners out there want to know more about Julia or Roxanne's careers, there's several episodes on your career journeys, and it's pretty, it's pretty amazing that, uh, like, my career, I've had one job for the last 25 years, so <laughs> I have, I'm the opposite of you guys, where you had several different career changes or just kind of journey uh, internships and stuff along the way so your career journey is much more interesting than mine but Not true <laughs> how is being an <laughs> well i think so i think so but um how has your journey in your careers been affected by being asian um has it hindered you or helped you in any way or well, can you think back on any times when being an asian was a plus or maybe a detriment yeah, I can speak here. I think for me, um, when I, so I studied film in university and I think when I did some internships, that's when I sort of realised, oh, like, I don't think I can do this because I was one of the only, like one of the few people who were in the industry and also film and video back then is very different to what it is now. Back then, it was either movies or television shows. Um, this was before the YouTube age and all, mm. all of the, like, digitizations of, like, video. Yeah. So it's very, it's a very, very different space now. But back then, um, yeah, I thought it's either television, like, Australian television or movies. I internship for an Australian television show. And um, 
yeah, that's when I sort of realised, like, oh, I don't really think this is, you know, it was about, like, an Australian family who are going through their struggles and stuff like that. There was no Asians, obviously, in the TV show. And it was based in the Northern Beaches, which is, like, a very beachy area, like, surfy area of um, Sydney. And I just felt like I don't – this is so different to me. This is not really – relatable to me and also the culture was very different to me I just was definitely the only Asian person like on the set Mm -hmm. and it just felt um like yeah because I'm Asian I don't think I can do this so from there Mm -hmm. I think like I sort of made the decision like I don't want to pursue film like I wasn't passionate enough to do it either um so I think that was like a clear moment for me when I was like thinking yeah being Asian it doesn't yeah it's been a it's like a hindering me I even thought like should I go to Korea to study um or find a job there but then I also knew if I went there there's a language barrier and also the work life mm. work life culture there as well um which I didn't <laughs> want to be a yeah. part of um so yeah from there like I think I yeah I sort of decided not to uh, pursue that um career path um yeah and but you know now it's very very different like there there's just you know so much has changed now and I feel like if I was a fresh grad now um yeah I would say this is such a good time to like go for it and just do it Mm. um even telling my old self back then like I think I would like to say like oh you know things are going to change just keep pushing and go for it I think I would have said that and not lose like confidence and um, yeah. yeah, just always know that it's changing. It's always changing. And you could be part of that change too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause I feel like we have different experiences with that, with our career. And then, uh, for me, like being in fashion, it wasn't being Asian in fashion to me at the time, wasn't like a hindrance or anything. It was more the fact that the fashion industry here is it's hard to, do well or you really need to love it to keep um, working hard at it and um, growing in it so then I just lost interest I don't think it was to do with um, me being Asian or not but then me moving to Hong Kong I think a big part of that was that I wanted to experience like my Asian side and embrace my like cultural identity more and just experience living somewhere else and being invisible a bit and um and starting a kind of just yeah meeting new friends and getting out of my shell more so that was like really exciting for me but then when I was there it was almost like I had to it's like it's almost like I had to my advantage there was my western side like unfortunately because you know expats or people who know English more it's like it's like a valuable thing there um but something that probably wasn't that great was that my Mandarin wasn't very good and I had to use (laughs) it at work sometimes so um yeah it was interesting to be like okay you're good at English um you're not that good at Chinese but like you you can help us out (laughs) yeah it's just weird to use that as an advantage um <laughs> and then when I when you come back it's like oh you're just like normal that's yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah it was interesting to kind of navigate that and have colleagues where I could speak Cantonese with and um I I I felt like I could go through different like colleague groups because there were some colleagues that were 
all like more local and we'd all speak Cantonese and we'd all get lunch and um, it's more casual feeling. And then there's, um, there's colleagues where there's more expats or like they're more Western. So maybe they want to eat different stuff or it's just a bit different. I don't know how to feel it, but mm. I, I felt like mm. I could jump between both kind of social situations, which was cool. Hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a, yeah, have you heard of the bamboo ceiling? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's like a glass ceiling, but it's for Asians where Asians are, are people hire them and they work well and they excel at their jobs, but they get up to a certain level of management, but there are very few Asian CEOs. Well, just recently in tech, there's been some more South Asians promoted to CEO or the upper, upper echelon of, of tech workers, but at some of the more traditional banks or finance companies, you know, they, they don't typically promote the Asians to the, and women to, to the highest levels of management. Do you feel like that's true in Australia at all, or is it just unspoken or you don't hear of it directly? I don't know about Australia, but it was a very visible thing in Hong Kong in corporate cultures, or depending if you're an American company or not, um, seniors are definitely more expats or non-Asian if you're in a kind of international global company there and um yeah the the kind of Asian culture or Chinese culture in Hong Kong of working it's not it's not as outspoken if you're like you it's not as you wouldn't share as much just as an employee whereas in Australia I think people um, uh, asked to speak up more and share your ideas more like your ideas matter blah 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 um, but there it's more like okay like don't say anything unless I have to they, like say in a meeting right like a lot of people don't want to contribute or um, yeah it's it's this weird um, cultural mm. uh, yeah, yeah. thing I feel yeah how about you I'm not the right person to answer this question because I'm quite new to the corporate culture. I spent a chunk of my life in hospitality and going back and forth between careers. So I can't really speak for um, what it's like here. Um, But I do, I have heard of the term bamboo ceiling and um, yeah, like even seeing more like I get very excited when I see Asian women in management even just management positions it's to the point like where I want to reach out to them or like I always make sure I stay connected with them um, just because like I know that there is that connection and also um, I don't know like uh, yeah it's just like this sort of I can't explain it but um, you feel like they might have your back a little bit and I feel like that's what non-Asians might feel as well like isn't that what Mm. helps you climb that ladder or um you know go go to the you know those like high sort of c-suite like management um positions like it's about who you know so I feel like seeing more women in those positions it's like it's it's very exciting and um and from what I hear like you know even like my um this friend like few months ago was like saying hey my sister um is like vp of marketing for this company like i can you know you should speak to her like because she's asian and like not because she's asian but like just the fact that it's unspoken it's not like we're asian it's like 
you just feel connected. It's almost like a sisterly thing or I don't know, I can't really explain it, but um, it is like empowering as well. So yeah, we definitely need more people. And I think there is an increase, like especially in engineering, I feel like um, there's a, at least from what I see, there's a lot of like female engineering leads um, in that space. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's sort of my experience like and what I see from where I am. Yeah. 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 What about what about for you guys? Well, we're in education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we work for the government, right? And um what's interesting though, so we we hire what's the called a superintendent is in charge of our district. You know, I've been doing it for 26 years. In my 26 years, they had one Asian superintendent as a, as an interim, but she wasn't the official one. But they never hire Asians for that, but it's always Latino or African American and and it, it's political, right? It's, you know, even though the African-American population is low in our district and the Latino population is growing, but the majority is, you know, so the super, the top person is is never Asian. And it always kind of makes me wonder politically, does it have to do with the fact that typically Asian, you know, again, stereotyping, Asians do well in school, so they don't need as much support or help. It's like, well, you're doing well, so we don't need to help you. It's the model minority again, the, where it's like, oh, you're doing well. Your people, quote unquote, are doing well, so we don't need to give you any extra help. So it's kind of kind of sticky, kind of tricky. Even principals, you know, it's, it's there's not a lot of Asian principals. There's a few. There's a few Asian principals. Not a lot, I would say. But, not but there a are a lot of, like, women who are like pursue counseling um and they're also like a lot of like women teachers um yeah but yeah yeah. i feel like like what you guys are saying now is potentially even like our future like even the fact that you're having this conversation like you're raising this as a topic like um I don't know, it's kind of like what Rox was saying before about like you didn't really know it was a problem. Like for me, it, it's not an obvious problem to me yet. I'm just kind of passive and I'm just like, maybe because I'm new to the corporate world, but I don't really like look at, um, I don't know, maybe because like we're still, you know, not as embedded in, uh, I don't know, how, do you know what I mean? What I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, well, I never had an Asian teacher. Like I, ha- I had a one Asian teacher, Miss San, and she was a Chinese teacher. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I didn't even sense. think like I, it's interesting that, you, you know, just Mandy's a counselor and you're a biology teacher. Like I've never had an Asian teacher at school. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I don't even really have friends that are teachers. Like that's really exciting that there are, like there should be teachers, yeah. right? Like, so yeah. um yeah, like you, I feel like I'm seeing it through a different lens, like just growing up, oh, like at school, we didn't even have teachers that were Asian really to guide us or, yeah. yeah so And even the question like why isn't there an Asian principal or it's not even yeah. a question yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, mm. The question is like, <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. the question is more like, oh, um, why aren't there more Asian teachers? Maybe that's the question we're yeah. asking right now. I don't know. There, yeah. Um, yeah. I, like very similarly, like I also never had like an Asian American teacher or an Asian teacher in middle, elementary, middle or high school. And it wasn't until I went to university where I was like, wow, I'm like, there are Asian, you know, American instructors or Asian instructors. Um, and it's, 
yeah, it's, it makes a huge difference for sure. Maddie, do you like having Asian teachers? <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I feel like I've always been in pretty hom homogenous communities where it's like the majority is Asian and sometimes I feel a bit sheltered. So at the same time, I wish that I could be around more diverse groups. At True. my old school, um, because I went to a different high school before. Oh, you did? I'm, yeah, I, I transferred to the school I'm at now with you guys. But before, um, it was a lot more diverse and it really opened my eyes to a lot more things and it really changed my mindset. So I feel very grateful for that. So I feel I feel happy that I have um, lots of Asian people to look up to. But at the same time, I also think for me, I I don't know. I just think the diversity is important to me too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, nothing wrong with that. All right, well, let's get off of this topic, but this might be even heavier topic. I don't know. <laughs> this is a hot button issue. Um, let's talk for a second about interracial dating. Um I don't know. I don't know. Is this an issue in Australia at all? It's kind of an issue in in America. Not, I mean, it's not a problem, but it, it's something that people talk about. If, uh, and I don't know you guys that well personally, but would you, um, would your family be okay with you dating someone that wasn't of the same race as you or outside of Asian? How would that, how did that go over in, in your community? Um, I think for me, I, I think, I think my parents would be okay with it, but I think the biggest concern would be like, would I be able to communicate, you know, with your significant other? Because like, like my mom can speak English, but she yeah. doesn't feel very confident in speaking English. So, you know, she defaults to Cantonese. So I think the biggest concern for her would be, and for my dad, um, would be like, can they speak Cantonese or would they be willing to learn Cantonese? And you know, firsthand, Curtis, like Cantonese is so difficult. <laughs> Super <laughs> um, hard. So I think that would be the biggest concern for them. Mm -hmm. I feel kind of bad for like calling my mom out on this here, but she's <laughs> definitely always like hoped that I'd be with someone um, Chinese. But then when I was younger, I dated someone who was um, Filipino Aussie. And, um, like it was a serious relationship and I told her and, um, you know, I still very, you know, and then she, she was really not okay with it. And she was really quite mean about like the race or she was just like, oh, do you know, or in general, she'd be like, don't be with the Aussie white guy. Cause you know, Caucasians aren't as, um, their family values are different to us. Um, you know, they have more divorces, blah, blah. I don't know. They're just, she just has this very like traditional, right, right. like Asian mom thing. And I'm just, I can't yeah. do I'm like, I can't listen to you. And then my dad will be like, oh, don't listen to her. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah. Thank God for my yeah. dad. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think for me, um, my partner is actually, he's half Japanese and half Korean, uh, but he can't speak Korean. His mom's Japanese, so he can speak Japanese. When we first started dating, um, 
my mum and dad, they pulled me aside and they were like, hey, look, um, he's not Korean. Like, I don't think it's going to work. Like, <laughs> and I got so mad. I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, because for me, like, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. And it just, we never talked about dating or anything like that. And it wasn't even like the tension between Korea and Japan or anything like that. It's more like we can't communicate with him. Mm. Um it's too hard. Like, how am I meant to do this and this? Like, it's just going to be so uncomfortable. Um, it looks like you guys are getting serious now. And basically, I just, I remember saying to them, like, we, I was so upset. I was like, well, why did you come to Australia? Uh-huh. And ex- and you're expecting me to find a Korean guy? Yeah. And I freaking <laughs> found someone who's half. Like, I'm halfway there. Isn't that like, that's pretty good, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like they knew I was going to be really stubborn about it um, and I'm still with him now and yeah they speak in English and it's actually no problem I feel like and if anything it's better I think because uh, it's like you know they don't have to talk about everything like into too much detail and if they say something and he kind of understands in Korean he can just like pretend he doesn't know <laughs> or just stay quiet so it's actually been like a blessing blessing in disguise that um he can't speak korean and uh, but i do know that for other you know my friends um it is more of a serious problem uh, but i feel like yeah i'm not the best person to say like give you an answer because like a lot of my family in korea like a lot of my cousins they date like non-koreans like these are like my cousins who grew up born raised there um i have one cousin who's married to an american i have another cousin who's like dating like a German person, another cousin, like they're all like, I think three or four cousins, they're like dating like non-Koreans. Um, so it's kind of like, okay, I guess mm-hmm. in my family, but every family is so different. Right. Yeah. 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 In, uh, in our community, well, the Bay Area especially, uh, it's very common to have mixed race couples and it's, you know, I I would say, I don't know. Is it a majority? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Mandy? It it's fifty fifty. I think my my close friends. How many of your close friends are marrying? Oh, I have quite a bit. Um, yeah, it's I, like fifty percent at least. Yeah, I think it's high. So there, you know, and this is this is a hot button topic. It tends to be the Asian women who are dating non-Asian men, and and it makes the Asian men in in our community, I don't know if angry is the right word, but frustrated or upset, you know, and and you know when they're might be on a dating app and not getting any any matches on their dating app because you know typically Asian men are on the bottom rung of the dating totem pole a lot of times. Uh, even with Asian women, and and so it, it's an issue out here. I don't know if it's an issue in Australia at all, but there's definitely my my friend at the other podcast calls it scoreboard watching. You know, when you're looking at the scoreboard, and you're like, man, all the Asian women are not dating Asian men. You know, how am I ever going to find someone if if the scoreboard is so lopsided in that way? Is that an issue at all in Australia? Or I feel like it is in general. Like I think the media and how they portray like Asian men, I think it's just hasn't been good in yeah. in Western in the Western world anyway. Because you know, in Asia, like we definitely you know have Asian men and role models and actors and stuff. But I think 
I don't know why. It's just in the Western society, it's just so, it just seems like so stereotyped. And um, I think it definitely it would be hard, like as a, an Asian guy in Australia, or if they go through that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Julia? Um, I think, um, I don't feel like oh this is like a really big problem in our society that's why I was quite surprised that this was a question that you've included because maybe I don't know maybe it is a huge problem here but I'm not from from my experience like I'm not I I I do hear frustrations from my Asian guy friends who are saying you know they think um the likelihood of an Asian girl getting a you know a different race partner is more likely than an Asian guy um, so I do hear them like voicing those frustrations, but I don't feel like it's a huge problem here. I'm not sure, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm the right person to answer this. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to find some Asian guy friends to introduce yeah. to you and we, you can discuss <laughs> it as a, another episode. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll have yeah. A, we'll have a bro show or something. But I've definitely <laughs> seen Asian I've definitely seen like Asian guys with, I mean, yeah. Asian guys with like non-Asian or yeah. white girls, for yeah. example. No, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. It's definitely not as it's, common as the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's not a problem mm-hmm. per se, but it's just observation, mm-hmm. right? It's just that people feel this way. Um, but you know, I have hopes. You know, BTS, the Korean dramas are, are painting the the picture of. Asian maleness in new light, right? So I think it's I think things are turning around a little bit in the positive. Uh, how about just overall? Um, do you feel a, a direction? I, I think we talked about this a little bit. Do you feel a direction for your country in terms of um, accepting Asian culture, or do you, how do you think things will be in twenty years or thirty years? Or Oh, that is a big question, isn't it? That is a very big right. question. I do like to look at what it's like in America. Like when I went, to, I've never actually been to America, by the way. I've only been to Hawaii. And even uh, that was like, ooh, this is cool. Like there were so many Asians here. Yeah. Um, it felt really, like it felt really different, to be honest. Like I felt like. Oh, even for us. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Uh, but I thought, is this like what the future could be like? I don't know. Where mm-hmm. every like all everyone's just speaking like fluent English, and um, you know, like everyone's mixed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. But twenty years from now, I do. There's definitely going to be more people, um, like second, third generation Asians, and I'm mm-hmm. really curious to see how that will play out in Australian society. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I really don't know. I feel I feel like there'll be more educated Asians who can speak up, who can who be on media, more representation. It is definitely going to change. But I do feel like the sort of problems that you guys um, brought up today, like you know, mm-hmm. there'll be new problems like oh, there aren't enough Asians in like leadership positions or. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm you know politics politics yeah i think it will be yeah basically like what you guys are experiencing now is what we'll see in 20 years time that's Uh, my guess hmm. anyway yeah yeah uh i'm still hopeful though because i feel like 
um, people are talking about it more now, but it's um, it's pretty crazy to see like the violence and all that that happened in America right. too. So that that was like, yeah. oh my god, you know, just in in our faces, like, okay, we have to like face this issue because those sentiments are still real here, even though there might not be the violence, the 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 feelings or the the ideas or the those um you know the the perception of Asians is still very existent like it's still very real and it's all here it's it's not a perfect society it's not not racist like it's pretty racist it can be and it's just like oh my god I I really don't hope that violence is around anymore you know and we can all work on that um just improving and being more diverse in general not just Asians yeah yeah, I think that's even shocked us, you know, the violence and just the senselessness of that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's really surprised, it surprised me, you know, for sure, that, man, this is in our country, not not even that far from where we live. And yeah, so, well, you know, one step forward, two steps back, you know, sometimes it goes up, goes down, you know, so we'll, I don't think we're the, I hope we're not the vision for, for what things are coming because we're not perfect by any means. One prediction that I have is I think there will be more yeah, homogenous like groups like society like in Australia, in sure. Sydney because it's already there's already clusters but I feel like my guess is that the Asians will stick to each other like a lot of them like um, like San Fran like it sounds like there's a bit of a in LA I know like there's a big Asian community I feel like it'll be like that here as well like there'll be certain areas with just lots of Asians like we're already sort of seeing in here like especially new apartment complexes mm. all the Asians just live there because like they don't mind apartments because <laughs> uh-huh. um, they're used to Hong Kong or yeah 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 Korea. so it's like and kind of close to the city so Asians sort of stick to the same places and there's all these like yeah. food areas I don't know if you've been to like um roads but like there's all these like Asian restaurants and supermarkets, like all their, even like the way they're building the little, you know, cities, it's like you can tell like there's going to be more clusters of like similar, similar cultures. All right. Well, let's end on a lighter note. Um, I, I think. We've Mandy, Mandy, and I have not been to Sydney before. Have any of us been? I've I've been um, once. Oh, you yeah. have. I I Wait. once dated I once dated <laughs> someone who like went out there for work, and I I visited. Um, but it was like during August, so it's like your guys's winter, and winter. it was just raining the entire time, it was like sheets <laughs> of rain. So I didn't really get to experience uh, much of Sydney. But. Yeah. Um. Actually, it's kind of funny. I've seen Mandy put on blankets uh, and more clothes, and then Julia's like taking off sweatshirts. And it's so it's like, really hot today. We're just going to, <laughs> yeah, you guys are, we're just in different yeah. worlds right now. But on that note, I wanted to say, uh, y'all are welcome to San Francisco anytime. And uh, if you come, we're going to definitely have to take you out to a, a meal or, or hanging out. So uh, we wanted to end on this kind of fun note where uh, Mandy, Maddie, and I will 
give you maybe some ideas. So if you ever come out here, we'll, we'll plan a little trip for you. So, um, and then maybe you can do the same for us in Sydney. So Mandy, you want to, have you prepared this trip? For um, them? I know we talked about it, but did you include it? I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you got to go for okay, memory. Okay. So, um, starting off, um, you're going to grab coffee. Um, snowy, a snowy plover from Andy. Brown. Well, actually, first of all, you got to come in when September, oh, October yes, is yes, probably. Yes, yes. That's when you <laughs> yes. want to come. Come during September, that time. October only. That's when it's like warm um, in San Francisco. So typically, like you're looking at about seventies. Would you say, Curtis? Yeah. Um, so what is that? I don't know. 17. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, so our, our Julys are actually pretty cold. Our Julys will be like 15s or, you know, it, it's pretty chilly in July. But in September, we have what's called the Indian summer where it gets kind of warm. So you come in, come in October, you'll be fine. Uh, you don't have to pack a heavy jacket or anything. All right. So we're going to go to this coffee mm-hmm. place. Are you guys coffee drinkers? Are you? Okay. All right. Yeah, so we're going to yeah. go. What are we having at this? Uh, town? A snowy plover. I hope I get um, a free drink for this, but uh, for plenty. Yeah, Andy Town, come through. Uh, so snowy plover is a little bird that lives on our beaches. And it's the one that follows the waves. So if the waves go out, the bird kind of goes out. And so it's, uh, what is it? It's a coffee yeah. plus. So it's coffee um, and it's sweetened with sparkling water. And then they top it with like homemade whipped cream. And I know it doesn't sound all that great, Ooh, but it's sweet. the best. It's like a coffee soda um it's it's wow. delicious for me i i love it yeah so is this a um okay. san fran only thing i, I think so. so i think so interesting. only in the sunset too right yeah, yeah so this neighborhood is kind of near the ocean it's kind of a residential area mandy lives yeah. there have you ever heard of town yes i went to school near there oh, nice. ah, i don't nice. know if you guys have heard of emma chamberlain She's like no. this yeah. YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. We have. But she she um used to go there. Oh. A lot. Ah. Yeah. Cool. And they also have really good breakfast sandwiches too that you can eat along with mm-hmm. your snowy plover. Okay, so you might need a sandwich because we're gonna get on our bicycles. This is a long one. I don't know if we're gonna ride. Well, we might have to drive <laughs> yeah, part of the yeah, way. Yeah. We're gonna uh we're gonna take you over across the, we're gonna bike across the Golden Gate Bridge. I, I think I kind of semi-stalked your Instagram. So you seem like outdoorsy people, right? So we're going to get you some fresh air. We're going to bike across the Golden Gate Bridge. It's kind of one of those things you have to do if you visit San Francisco. In the, the views are amazing. Uh, you're going to go across the Golden Gate Bridge, and you're going to go down into the small town called Tiburon, which you've probably never heard of. But if you know that's where Robin Williams used to live when he was here. Sean Penn used to live out there. So some of our Bay Area celebrities live out there. It's a very exclusive community, very rich, rich area. But there's a ferry that will take you and your bicycles to an island called Angel Island. Ooh. Sounds good, mm-hmm. right? But it actually is sort of the uh, Ellis Island. You guys know what Ellis Island is? It's in New York. Sure. It's where the immigrants had to stop. So in the west coast it was angel island so if you're coming from china so my ancestors when they came from china on the boat they had to stop in angel island to quarantine and it was sort of like a a little bit of a sort of like an internment camp a little bit and so there's like there's a museum there where they talk about this experience and there's poetry on the wall written in chinese 
And sometimes people got sent home, you know, if they had a disease like tuberculosis or something, they send them back. They didn't even let them into San Francisco. Or if they had false papers, they caught them with some sort of a false. So anyway, so Angel Island's kind of like the, it's, it's a beautiful place, but it's got some history to it too. But you can bike around the whole island and it's, it's, it's a nice, you can get a 360 view, 360 degree view of like the Bay Area. From there are there. a lot of bees there though. That's like the one drawback. <laughs> Manny, we're supposed to be selling this trip. This is what, what are you doing? You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta prep them. You gotta prep them. No, the weather's gonna be perfect. There's gonna be no bees. Uh, so then we're gonna take the ferry back into the city. So you can take the ferry from Angel Island back to San Francisco. And then where are we going for dinner? Uh, PPQ. Or do you uh, want to go Tom Long? Uh, you choose. I don't know. I don't know. Vacation. I don't know. I think they're, they're pretty similar. So this is Vietnamese crap. So in San Francisco in the wintertime, actually, so we timed it wrong. So come in some come in October, but somehow you're gonna you're gonna stay until December <laughs> <laughs> because the crab season. So we're famous for Dungeness crab, and so we have crab season starts around right now, and so we have a couple of restaurants that are Vietnamese kind of based, and they they do this garlic crab, oh god, where they kind of fry the crab and they have this garlic sauce. So you kind of lick the, you kind of just. You, you get the stuff off the shell before you crack it. That's the best part of it. Then you get the meat out, and then these garlic noodles. So you will, so don't bring a date. You'll kind of be sweating uh, garlic out of your pores after this meal. Um, and then um, and then I think we're going back to the beach, man. Oh, yeah, with the bonfire. The night yeah, the yeah. Bonfire. So then we're going to Ocean oh. Beach, ooh, ooh. Uh, which but is. But we should grab um, dessert at Marco Polo. Yeah. Okay. So right. Marco Polo is this ice is this ice cream gelato. Italian gelato. Yeah. But but Asian themed. Yeah, Asian flavors. So you have like lychee, you have um sour Red sauce. Bean. Um they have really they have durian, um black sesame. Yeah. Um they have really interesting um yeah. flavors. All right. Then we're going to the beach and Maddie's gonna bring her guitar. Yes. Bring bring your beat up guitar. Don't bring the good one, Maddie. We're okay. gonna go to the beach. <laughs> we start a bonfire. Uh, we're just gonna sing some. Uh, we'll sing some BTS. What else do we sing, Maddie? Some Taylor Swift. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, a lot. So I'll bring my bongos. We'll we'll have a good time on the beach. And of course, the weather will be perfect, yeah, it's which it not never going is. Be windy. <laughs> it will not be windy. And then we'll just we'll end it there. Yeah. So oh um. So we. So yeah. So get ready. Bring 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 a bring your empty stomach. Um. Get ready. For a good time, and this is kind of a, this is kind of insider information too. This is not the typical tourist stuff mm. that we're taking you on. So we're not going to send you on, you know, the typical stuff. We're taking you the outer sunset. Yes, that's what we like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's we need to plan you. this trip now. Yeah, I really want to <laughs> yeah, go real. now. I love yeah, crab, we'll so I'll come for the crab <laughs> at least. <laughs> All right, and you can sleep on Mandy's living room yep. floor, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Room, Mandy. Thanks, Mandy. Come on over. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so what do you got for us? If we come out to Sydney, when should we come? What's the best time to come to Sydney? I would say not August. No, August is the, that's my birthday month. That's oh. the worst month to come. <laughs> that's it's the like rainy so month. Cold. So cold and rainy. I would say yeah. like October. That's like the wedding season, oh, like okay. the wedding month. What do yeah. you say? Like spring? Like spring. either, yeah, spring is the best or like Feb, March, just autumn, like before it's getting cold. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. 
unless if you love summer come during like december like january because that's when all the festivities happen as well and you can experience like a summer christmas um yeah, yeah <laughs> like by the beach or something and you yeah. can see santa in his santa outfit um <laughs> and he, he's always sweating <laughs> um but i would say how what do you reckon I, I can start with like you start more. and then I'll go yeah I would say even though like it's very touristy like I'd love for you guys to see like the Sydney Harbour like Harbour Bridge uh, and um the Opera House it is stunning like it is so beautiful like I get blown away every time uh, so we could catch a ferry out if we want to sleep in a little bit like um sleep in go on a ferry um like from the suburbs even, and you can um, just go along like Parramatta River all the way into the city. Um, if you're feeling a bit adventurous, I've never actually done this, but apparently there's like a sunrise kayak. So you oh. can like kayak past mm. like Opera House and like um, the Harbour Bridge uh, and watch the sunrise. So that I would love to try that out as well. So we could do that as well. So there's two options. So you do the kayak in the morning or you can sleep in and catch the ferry into the city. We would get off at um, Circular, Circular Quay. Quay. And I would say, like, if you like museums and stuff like that, we could have a look at, like, um, uh, what's that? Um, MCA. Yeah, MCA. Go to the MCA. It's like a modern mm. contemporary art um, gallery which is free as well which is really cool Ooh. maybe walk around All the right. rocks a little bit but just to get your tourist kick yeah. in and then I would take you to Chinatown for lunch <laughs> yeah uh, we have a great Chinatown yeah go uh, get yum cha. yum cha yeah yum cha here is really good uh in America yeah. it's dim sum I think you call you guys call it dim but yeah sum. but yum cha is also like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so we'll definitely take you to yum cha um and then what would you take the guys I think after Yamcha I mean there's so I feel like I'd definitely take you to a beach so whether we mm. um drive or bus out to maybe Bondi everyone goes to Bondi but then there is a nice little walk from Bondi along the coast past Tamarama and all the way to Kuji, right so it's a coastal beach walk and it's beautiful. We can like get a Messina ice cream and start walking from Bondi and go to Kuji. Um, and it's beautiful because it goes from beach to like a crazy cliff and you see out into the ocean. And then there's um, a cra- like a cemetery as well along the walk and parks and, um, you know, people have their dogs around and, um yeah, so you walk all the way past, I think, three beaches before you get to the end and you can we can catch the bus back um, to the city and do something else. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's just a beautiful it's walk. It's so yeah. beautiful and it's just like, yeah. yeah, Bondi's got really nice sand as well. It's super, mm. super touristy. Yeah. Um, so if you guys wanted to avoid the touristy, like all the tourists, <laughs> I would take you to the northern beaches that's a bit more chill, more families. Um, and just, honestly, like, we'll just take, like, a little picnic set up. Yeah. And just chill by the beach and go for a little dip. Yeah. Get fish and chips. Oh, yeah, fish and chips. Mm. Yeah. And if you love oysters, definitely try, like, Sydney rock oysters or Sydney coastal oysters. Um, 
I think we have one of the best oysters in the world. So uh, definitely try it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then for dinner, I'll probably take you guys to ramen. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's a, we, whether it's Bondi or the Northern Beaches, there's some good ramen shops around here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if we went to Bondi, I'll probably take you to Chaco Bar mm-hmm. Ramen. Or if we went to the Northern Beaches or like around Mossman area, I would have taken you to Rio's um, mm-hmm. Ramen. And yeah, it's just a really good way to end the day, like each day and then finish off with ramen. It's yeah. so good. Like, cause well, well, actually, Julia, I, I've listened to your episode. I, I want a ramen party. Uh, well, I could organize I wanna, that. I want a Julia ramen party. <laughs> yes, we can organize that as well if, um, <laughs> if you like, because they're super, super fun. Um, yeah, so I'll definitely, however you get it, definitely get some ramen, definitely. and. If we still have, you know, up for it, maybe a little bit of karaoke or, um, yeah. or a dessert place. There are so many good yeah. Asian like dessert places. Yeah, true. Now, mm-hmm. um, so definitely get some like pakbingsu or mm-hmm. like I don't know what other Asian like Korean bakeries or anywhere yeah. really. Man, that all right, you sold yeah. me. Yeah, you Come. sold me. <laughs> all right, we got to do it. Oh man, if only. Uh, we, um, we are, are you guys open for business in Sydney or are you kind of still shut down a little bit because of pandemic? We're opening up now. The cases have gone yeah. a bit high like recently, but yeah. we're still open now. <laughs> yeah. We just, um, yeah. relaxed some laws as well before if you weren't vaccinated, you couldn't eat out right. in restaurants. Yeah. Uh, but now that they've removed that law and you don't have we had a very strict mask law and that's been relaxed as well but the cases are going up <laughs> I know. Yeah. we don't know well someday maybe we'll get back to normal yeah all right well that was super fun so fun. Oh, we talked about a lot of different stuff yes. uh maddie we're like we're at like three and a half hours we got to get this done in like two hours <laughs> We'll do Sorry, it. Maddie. We'll do Maddie, it. work your magic. <laughs> yeah. Do it. We'll get all the best stuff. We'll Yay. figure it out. Oh, thank um, you. So, yeah. So, we're, what's new for the podcast? You got like three more episodes in the can already, and you're, you're going to do them once a week or once every other week? What's the plan for your podcast? Uh, every fortnight for us, and we are trying, we're, we're thinking of making our episodes a bit shorter because they were over an hour. So we want to aim for 30 to 40 minute episodes now. So that's something that's new. And because we have a YouTube channel um, where we post all our podcast episodes, we are maybe thinking like putting up another series, like not podcast related, maybe like Asian soup cooking series or something like that. I don't know, something fun and different um, to experiment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then you're just gonna go until it's not fun anymore, or do you have a do you have a goal or a plan? So we do have a dream of going full time, but I feel like it's a very far away dream, and you know, definitely it's like, oh, you know, how do people do it? But that would be the dream, um, and not not having to do our full time jobs. But for now, I think we're just having so much fun with each episode and learning so much and meeting new people like you across the world, taking your yeah. time at night, you know, sleeping <laughs> late, you know, and it's just, it's just so exciting that we're all able to do this um, and um, share our stories with each other. So we're Super really excited. Fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, you see, Maddie's room is getting darker and darker. And <laughs> I Julia's know. room is getting it's br- so dark there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and I have to I have to save too. And last episode, Roxanne dropped the thongs on us, but over here we call those flip flops, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like, what? They're Javianas. <laughs> to us, they're Javianas. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. That's just funny. Yeah, it's another one of those terms. That is different. But it's been super fun talking to you guys and chatting about our differences. I think we've figured out that we're probably more similar than we are different. And that's that's fun to know that you can go around the world, different time zones, different continents, and, and have stuff in common. So that's really fun. But um, hopefully, listeners out there, you enjoy this episode. Um, we're going to we'll do more um, of this kind of stuff, talking to people around the world. Uh, please give Julia and Roxanne a listen at the Asian Soup Podcast. You can find them on Spotify or Apple or YouTube or do you guys have TikTok too? Or I don't know what you guys do. Oh, wow. You got everything. Yeah, you got, got everything. <laughs> oh, man. we got Maddie, you got to help me with the younger demographics. I need, I need to help get to the <laughs> younger you. people. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, but if you want to write to us old-fashioned email, you can write us an old-fashioned email at uh, infatuationpodcast at gmail.com or you can write to Roxanne and Julia at roxanneandjulia at gmail.com and you can follow both of us on Instagram uh, we're over at the Infatuation Podcast on Instagram and their uh, Asian Soup Podcast at Instagram or um, or YouTube or TikTok um, more episodes coming soon you heard a little bit about Julia and Roxanne's upcoming episodes uh, we talked about talking about Tony Lang movies. Uh, another one that is coming up is my sister is coming on, and she knows a lot of chefs. So she's bringing on Chef Shirley Chung. She was the finalist, the runner-up finalist in uh, season fourteen of Top Chef on Bravo. So that'll be super fun to talk about that. And she has a restaurant in Southern California. So we got some new stuff coming on in our podcast as well. Um, we hope that you're all having a Happy New Year, and we're going into winter, and you guys are going into summer, which is super fun. Um, But until we talk again, uh, on behalf of Julia, Madison, Mandy, Roxanne, and myself, we hope that you're all happy, healthy, and safe out there. We'll talk to you again soon, and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We had one more kiss I'll wait for you I'll promise you I will Lucky I'm in love with my best friend Lucky to have been where I have been Lucky to be coming Oh man oh It's a wrap Three and a half hours hey. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Man, that was that that you blocked out three hours on your little Google Calendar thing. I was like, three hours. We're gonna need three hours. <laughs> I feel like we took even with like three people. I would say it goes up to three hours. Yeah, so with five, true. I was just like, oh, this is ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to make it just pure interview the whole time, just firing questions. Yeah, yeah. You know, try to try to have a conversation. Yeah. It's hard though. I but, feel like on Zoom, you know, because yeah, you're like, course. oh. Oh, no, you go. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But yeah, we covered so many topics. You got really good topics to cover. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a good 
mix of light and deep. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I really hope your listeners could feel like, you know, what we said was like relatable and they yeah. could take away something. No, I think so. I think so for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think the prep you put in was so good. And yes. yeah, yeah that was you. great. We learned so, well, yeah. learned so much. This. Taking notes from yeah. your, <laughs> the way you do it. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's fun. I, I just, I, I'm just going to do it until it's not fun anymore. You know, I don't think I ever want to go full time, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's been neat meeting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so this will be out in January. I, I don't know how I'm going to wait. I'm going to be excited to put it out, <laughs> but I think I'm going to wait. Oh well, yeah. We'll think of some ideas. Like if there's any ways to incorporate, like, you know, do like collaboration with you guys, like, um, sure, because yeah. we're video as well. So there's a bit of like, to think about how it would work technically mm. Mm. um but i think it'll be so interesting to have you guys come on as a guest mm. on our show or maybe we just have to fly there <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah yeah let me check our budget <laughs> <laughs> we need some sponsors oh, andy town how cool would us. it be if we like met in the middle or like went to korea oh, or singapore i mean yeah oh, you never man. know honestly yeah. like these weird things yeah, happen so but definitely keep yeah. in touch and we'll yeah. make something happen yeah yeah I'm for good. sure yeah let us know whatever you need all right. Okay. Thanks for giving us a big chunk of your time. No, you Thank, too. Thank you, you so much. much. That was so fun. Yeah. All right. So we'll talk to you soon. All right. Yeah. Bye. Chat Have soon. Have a great nice night. Nice to meet you. Bye. Bye. So Bye. nice to meet you.